and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 29. Woo. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm joined by... Ames! Caitlin! And Jake! And today we will be looking at the end of season 2, Assignment Earth, and the opening of season 3, Spock's Brain. Ugh. Thank you, Kiff. In Assignment Earth, the Enterprise saying, fuck potentially ruining causality, goes back to 1968 for reasons that are never entirely made clear. Historical <laughs> research! Well, yeah, but I mean, why, <laughs> why? Why, yeah, why Starfleet would allow this is fucking mind-boggling. They're fools. They are. How do they get there? Uh, uh time, time warp. warp. He mentions it during his opening, uh, vlog. Okay, they used the slingshot around the sun thing they oh, accidentally good. discovered in... They were like, look what we can do, let's do it all the time! Whee! Excellent. And meanwhile, a fucking plot device, you know. Yeah, and meanwhile, whatever fucking office is responsible for uh, temporal, not fuckery, just cried so much. Hey, at least it wasn't a parallel development planet. I mean, at least we can all agree on that. That's true. That's the only way this episode could have been worse. Mm. Accurate. So the thing is, the point of the episode really isn't that the Enterprise is there. It's that they intercept a super powerful transporter beam from an unknown world carrying Gary Seven and his cat Isis. No now. relation to Galileo. No. Gary Seven, we will discover, is is a human, but is one of many descended from humans, apparently kidnapped from Earth 6,000 years ago by this super advanced species of aliens, with the idea being that they would insert their agents back onto the original homeworld over time to help keep humanity, or I assume other worlds, I assume they did this with other cultures, apparently they never checked in on the Klingons. Yeah, because that's a um, seamless transition. Back yeah. into the wild you go, yeah. broken Turns out Hitler was just a rogue agent. Yeah, yeah, really, seriously. (laughs) Gary has been sent to check in on two other junior agents who uh, have not checked in in a while. Three days. Yeah, and uh, it was apparently their job to cause a malfunction of an orbital H-bomb platform the United States was going to be launching in response to a similar platform being launched by, not Russia, as you may expect, but... Other powers. And every time they say (laughs) other powers, you can just hear the air quotation marks that I just did that you couldn't see because this is radio and I wasn't thinking that through. (laughs) And it's really complicated because, of course, as I'm sure we'll discuss, this was supposed to be a backdoor pilot for the adventures of Gary Seven on Earth with his weird cat girlfriend. Meow. And a very young Terry Gar. Why? Um, Why not? Basically keeping humanity from fucking itself up during the height of the Cold War. And so the problem here, of course, is that you're trying to establish one hero in the world of other heroes, which means you can't let the heroes fuck up, but they kind of have to, and this and that. I think this is more the discussion than the summary. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't make for good television. No, it's it's really quite bad. So anyway, Gary Seven is intercepted by the Enterprise, and he's like... Immediately realizes, oh god, you're from the future, you need to leave before you break causality, so he's smarter than Starfleet. <laughs> and Kirk is like, we have to make sure you're a human and not actually an alien invader. And so they capture him, but then he escapes and he gets to Earth and finds out what happens to his agents. And now he's got to stop the H-bomb platform from getting launched. And Kirk fucking three stooges all over the place trying to find him. <laughs> Woo! Uh, however, Gary, after proving himself quite clever in the beginning, almost immediately proves himself a fucking dipshit by giving away too much to Terry Gar, who'd been hired by a, 
as a secretary by the other people. Roberta Lincoln. Yes. Thank you, I'd forgotten. Man, like, I feel like you can yada yada most of this episode. Yeah, it's really... You just skip to the end. Yeah, a, a short version. Gary <laughs> malfunctions the H-bomb. Kirk lets him because he decides, okay, I guess you're legit. Captain, you have to use your human intuition. <sighs> Logic isn't applicable here. <sighs> Said and, no uh, spot ever. And then, you know, they end the episode with a really... Spock once. <laughs> yeah. And they end the episode with a... That's true. They end this episode with a really unsubtle, I bet you're going to have all kinds of adventures! But they didn't, because the show didn't get picked up for obvious fucking reasons. Spock's brain, meanwhile, Ugh. opens with the Enterprise being attacked by a really obvious model of a spaceship. Like, I don't know how it looked in your guys' version. Not in, that bad. In ours, they'd clearly just gotten, like, baby's first 1950s rocket model and dangled it from a string. Oh, well, at least it wasn't Botany Bay again. But that would have been better because at least it would have looked good. Like, this really was a painfully, obviously, a model. Which, even for 60s Star Trek, it was Bad. Well, remember though that like season three was had a much reduced budget. I did not yeah, know this, that's true. so that explains, well, that explains a lot. why we yeah, wandered through the same hallway ten canceled. times in this episode. Oh. And they only got brought back because the studio, well, because there was a writing campaign. Yeah, and we'll get and, to that. And the studio was like, okay, fine, we'll bring you back for another season. Stop but we're sending giving us you mail. Like, we're giving you like. A quarter of the money. That and they moved their time slot to a shitty, <laughs> shitty slot. They moved them from, I think I wrote it down, from 8.30 to 10 p.m. on Fridays. Oh, God. Oh, like, why? Who the fuck is anyway? watching? So net- networks have just always been... Anyway, this rocket shows up. A uh, woman in a horrifying outfit beams I on board. Liked I liked it. I like the halter bra boots. I like I liked the little flappy bits in the skirt. The halter bootsier, as we'll call it from uh, now on. I yes. will mm. Yes, you will. So anyways, one beam's on, and <laughs> oh, look at this. It's another one of those magic advanced alien devices that can just paralyze everyone. Yep, same sound effect. So she knocks out it's literally... the erection sound effect. True. Mm-hmm. Knocks out literally the entire crew, and when everyone wakes up, Doc is like, holy shit! Because they found Spock in sickbay without a but still alive. Of course he is. Yeah, because luckily... Because of his damn Vulcan physiology. Yep, kept him alive just long enough that Doc was able to put him on 100% life support. <laughs> and make him into, like, a robot. Yeah. RC Spock! Yes! That's what I <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they, they find that his brain has been perfectly removed, you know, no severed things, no bleeding, and somehow they didn't have to shave his the, head. The nerves have all been sealed off, Jim. Yeah. Damn it, who could do this? Yep, yep. So they follow the ion trail of the rocket because it was super advanced ion propulsion. Scotty was so into that. He was. He Boy. had just the, I was about to say, boneriest of boners over Accurate. it. And uh, they get to this solar system they, you know, the trail vanished in, and there's three... Class M worlds. One of which is... Oh, in the 1465 Earth. 85. Uh, 1485 Earth. Yeah, so approximately 1485. Another that's approximately the 2030s. And then one that seems to have no technological advancement or an ice age. Guess which one the rocket was from, people? If you guessed the obviously couldn't be from their planet... Well done. You're familiar with television. <laughs> and that whole scene... It just took for fucking ever. It did. I feel like we should... Fuck. I always want to talk about things while we're doing this summary. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that when we get to the sure. actual Pavel thing. does a PowerPoint presentation. He does. That's what. That was my exact thought. Ah. So, if only he'd had a little laser pointer. As you'll see, Captain, we have <laughs> planets A, B, and C all have... They don't the... have laser pointers in the future. They only have lasers. It'd be funny if he tried to point with his face. <laughs> yeah. He just, just like, <laughs> <laughs> totally destroys it. 
Actually, that's 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 everybody the, dies. And that's we don't have the to watch never this mentioned season. even lower setting on a phase. You've got stun, kill, <laughs> presentation. Board meeting. <laughs> is that on phaser one or phaser two? Both. Phaser two, I think, because it's got the right little. <laughs> Actually, shape. St- it's kill, stun, presentation, stroke. We bought a cat. Oh, yes. they get a cat. They well, do. no, they get a cat in the previous episode. But so they beam down and they run afoul with some cavemen with Prince Valiant hair. I was okay with it. <laughs> you know, they quickly work out that there's some sort of underground city. And there's an obvious trap there for the cavemen, which they're like, well, we need to get trapped to find these people in Spock's brain. So, you know, even though people talk about nowadays that lately it's this weird sort of trendy trope in movies, like purposely getting captured for your plan as a bad guy thing lately. Well, originally it was a Captain Kirk thing. Mm-hmm. See, it's Who's not a surprised? trendy new trope that's been around forever. Well, no, but it's been like, there was this, like starting with the Dark Knight, it suddenly was just every time it was Dark Knight. Loki and the Avengers, Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness, a couple don't other talk about that. Uh, what's his name in Skyfall. Like it just really happened a lot over the course of a couple of years in films. Anywho, so once they realize how to get there, they have McCoy beam down with RC Spock. They literally just attach this Guga to his head so that Doc can pilot him around with a TV remote. Yeah, it's not even like it's got like a knob which doesn't and I don't understand buttons. how that would help, and then like four buttons, and yet they're able to make him walk turn use his hand grab a woman by her arms and like push a button push buttons and yeah, shit it's, it's very advanced it's impressive really uh That's the so green button. they then go down to the city and oh no we jettisoned finney <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. so they then uh they go underground to the underground city and then like five minutes worth of plot happens over the course of about half an hour <laughs> um, let's go down this hall again let's see how long we can drag it out in the summary yeah they <laughs> sassy pants. I hope that there. burn is still covered under Obamacare. I mean, as of recording, the Republicans failed in their attempt to ruin it, so yes. Anyway, political commentary aside, they go down, they work out over time that basically, you know, this had been a very advanced civilization, but an ice age was coming, so the civilization very sextistly built this underground bunker, like, you women stay here and be protected from the ice age. And no one went, why don't you come down too, man? And they went, uh. This is like Titanic all over again. Jack could have fit on that goddamn exactly. door. So the men became cavemen, and the women actually also got really stupid, too. Uh, they just have nicer clothes. But they're and, still pretty, yeah. That's true. They just have nicer clothes and not think, Prince Valiant hair. Well, they put, they put on their knowledge hat whenever they have to, like, fix right, their clothes. Right, but when they don't have their knowledge hat, which is how they actually, like, flew to space, kidnapped Spock, and perfectly removed his brain, we find out. They're, you know, the intellectual level of children. And they use their magical pain belts to capture and... You know, it seems just basically make uh, security guards, I guess, of the men, and presumably breeding stock, though that's never explicitly stated. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so they use the they, they fucking pain and delight. magical Ooh. teaching helmet to teach Doc how to reattach the brain, but partway through he forgets things, but uh. Spock helps him because they get his... Oh, uh, uh, thing and is so bad. For some reason... Bones doesn't use his total control of Spock's nerves to give him an embarrassing boner in front of everyone, which is what I would have done. And then... Doc doesn't need to manipulate Spock's brain to give him an embarrassing boner in front of everyone. I just want to clarify. That's we true. all they just saw have to that go back scene in, that prison. in the prison. You know that the Vulcan's penis are their ears, right? 
<laughs> and that he's always around. Oh. <laughs> if you see an unaroused Vulcan, he just has little droopy ears. Droopy ears. ears. Oh, like a basset hound. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those are cute. Spock gets up, starts babbling. Kirk's like, yeah, we destroyed your civilization, but you'll be fine. Probably not. And we have a laugh. <laughs> yep. Prime Directive avoided again. Well, no, no, see, it's okay. Because before the Ice Age, they'd clearly been a very advanced civilization. <laughs> it's good to have a loophole. My oh, God. My God. Both of these episodes, man. This is a week terrible. So oh, let yeah. me let me tell you, let me just... My last note on Assignment Earth mm-hmm. was literally, this is the first time... I've hated some episodes. I have hated some... I've gotten very cross about episodes. This episode didn't even make me cross... It made me deeply, existentially sad. (laughs) Really? And my last note for the episode was, this is literally the first time I have regretted this project. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like I've got I got a potentially controversial opinion in that I think Assignment Earth is worse than Spock's brain. Which is Spock's brain is like the like everyone says it's the worst episode. There's actually an award called the Spock's Brain Award for worst episode of a series. Well, I feel ripped off for how not shitty comparatively Spock's brain is to not just Assignment Earth, but frankly other episodes. There are are a few good moments of it. Yeah, I mean Spock's brain is a silly, stupid episode. It starts out the worst episode. No, I've had it built up as being so bad for so long. I was almost disappointed by how not as awful as I was expecting it to be. It was. I feel like we're already talking about Spock's brain. So oh, we're we just comparing talk about the Spock's two. brain. Yeah, yeah. Because no, no, no. The thing about Assignment Earth, the reason why people probably don't say that it's the worst episode of Star Trek ever, is because it wasn't a fucking episode of Star exactly. Trek at all. Like it was a, it was a fucking a spy move, a spy show with a couple Star Trek characters. A weird sci-fi spy show. Yeah. With Terry Gar. Chris at one point was like, "Don't hurt yourself, Walter." I'm like, "Are you talking about Terry Gar?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, Wait, yeah, so "Why is she so bad?" Why? What else is Terry Gar? Oh man, Yoda Frankenstein. She's uh, Inga. And oh, she's great in that. Yeah. Oh my god, what, when she discovers the yeah. pen thing, when she's like opening and closing the door, oh. I looked at Chris and I was like, put the candle back! Am I right? <laughs> god. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure she's in other things, but I mean, I mostly know her for Young Frank. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Again, she's phenomenal in that. I remember her being in some commercial for something. She's in all sorts I mean, of we stuff. we do have I the just... sum of human knowledge in her pocket. Yeah, so but you know. Terry I thought you were just happy to see me. When you think, in Young Frank's time, she's very much an odd character. Yeah. In this, in Assignment Earth, she's supposed to kind of be your your every woman kind of character in the 60s. Yeah. And she's Ooh. just fucking, I hated her. She's dumb I as hated hell. Roberta so fucking much. She wasn't a good character. How would this and... have worked in a full series without little, without Seven wanting to actually kill her? Presumably so they... she wouldn't have stuck around because like Isis would have smothered her in her sleep in her cat form out of jealousy and rage. <laughs> well, what it really comes down to is, and I was thinking this at the time, that this, you know, I don't know if it was intentional, but this felt like sort of an American attempt to do kind of a Doctor Who well, he did have a sonic screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she was there to be the character that ultimately would keep going, what's going on? So he could explain the situation. Ugh. She was going to be filling that very classic companion slot of someone for the main lead to explain everything to without just yeah. talking into the camera. I was so troubled by her because literally she has n- zero motivation for the entire episode, yet she just does fucking shit for no reason. Yep. I'm going to enter the vault and start booping some buttons. Why? Why are you entering the vault and booping the buttons, you stupid bitch? Do your secretary job. Well, and then here's the, the thing. Like, why did the fucking spies... 
alien spies need a secretary? Like, what was the secretary's job? Was she answering phones? Was she taking... Well, she a, obviously didn't need to take dictation because the typewriter does that for well, you. Well, but you probably couldn't do that with normal people milling around. She was probably there for the pretense of, like, no, we're totally... Total, totally so she didn't notice totally that she didn't... Totally. She didn't notice till this point that she didn't have a job to do? <laughs> no, they probably would be like, uh, write a letter to... I don't know, did you see how stupid she was? She, she probably was. <laughs> didn't notice she didn't have a fucking job to do. She, she probably you know thought she was filing there, her you nails know what she was, was there doing? She was there banging the computer. She was banging the computer. The computer was annoying. The computer too. knew about that special birthmark. <laughs> her star-shaped birthmark someplace that we'd never find when out she about. turned off right away. I like yeah. that computer even said, like, you, she may not look like it, but she's actually very smart. I don't believe Aww, computer. computer loves computer. her. Aww. I hated the voice on that computer, by the yeah, way. Was problem. that James Dewan? No, the, <laughs> the, the, the computer was the same voice as the woman who did the purrs of the cat. Oh, so, oh I God, hated the cat, the cat sounds. <laughs> I was so un- It sounded like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. Like, oh, and then when it turned so and then when it randomly transformed into a lady for no reason. one shot. Come on, you saw that coming though. Well, you must have seen that coming. He keep talking to her. Oh, are you jealous? I was like, this black cat's a woman. She, she was like just... a bad anime cat girl. She even had like little ear shaped bumps in her hair. She looks like that fucking villainess from. Um, there's a Sailor Moon villainess who has oh, the yeah, cat ears yeah, and the little yeah, yeah. tutu or whatever. Two, I thought it was just it was just such a random fucking. Well, that's why it was supposed to be a series, and I'm sure in this in the full series assignment earth, the cat would have been pivotal. So and explained. So you know what this is. This episode Why is Rod- Roddenberry Hot hedging because he knew Star Trek was on the chopping block. Oh, yeah. Mm. And he wanted to be able to go into Paramount, I guess it was Desilu in those days. He would want, he wanted to go into Desilu and be like, okay, you canceled, they canceled Star Trek, but I have another show, and we already have the pilot. We've already aired the pilot. Yeah. And you it'll know, be like, set on Earth. People in the loved it. Present. <laughs> on Earth in the present day, so we can use you know cheaper costumes and sets. And the thing is, I, in some ways, the worst part almost is that it's actually I kind of love the idea. It's a shame it was executed so so badly. So yeah. badly. I mean, executed was, is a good word in this instance because they <laughs> killed it dead for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, there were other like popular shows like spy dramas going on. True. There was Mission True. Impossible. There was when did Danger Get Smart Man. come out? When was the prison? Around this time. Around this time. Because yeah. Get Smart did it way better. Yeah, but Get Smart was a comedy. comedy. Yeah. And it well, had shut up. Yeah. Mel Brooks and, on board. And this episode was only funny unintentionally, <laughs> yeah. if at all. Yeah. I did like when the kitty like, crawled on his back. I, 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 so I, I took some notes during this episode. Did you? Because I, we didn't watch it together, so I, I had to write my snark down. <laughs> um, so first of all, the cat's name is Isis. Yep. Yeah. What hasn't Isis fucked up? Oh. Like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it, wow. Isis. I feel like I made a comment about it you being did. awkward as well. I was like, oh, jeez, why is this cat named Any, Isis? Anything named Isis is going to be awkward. I'm, I'm all for, for Fucked kitty, up Archer. I'm all for kitty cats in episodes. I even feel like, like Sylvia from Cat's Paw made sense in the episode that there was a kitty cat there. This kitty cat didn't belong in the episode. They just wanted to have but, a kitty cat sidekick. But she was a great actor, that cat. 
That cat was there like were three running. different cats. Oh, because well, they kept killing the cats, probably. No, shut know. up. That's probably what happened. Oh god. Well, I just I was impressed because like the cat was like really good at laying still, really good at climbing on shoulders. One of the cats, whichever one it was, was really good at running through the automatic doors. I was like, Which, that I love the automatic great. door has a cat mode. Like, I had a cat on that. Like, it opens halfway. How does it have a cat mode? Who put that in? I like that at the base when when Seven's talking to the police officer or whoever, he's like, put the cat down and 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 just. We'll, we'll give me your idea or whatever. Why would you ask him to put the cat down? The cat's going to run away again. Well, not only that, but, like, no one on... Like, I get that, like, he can transport there, right? Mm. And if he didn't have the cat, he's just a 60s guy in a 60s suit. And most folks, you know, if you're already beyond the main security checkpoint, you're like, I've never seen that guy before, but surely he got in fairly, so I'm not going to worry about it. But because he's holding a cat, <laughs> like, someone should be going... What the fuck? You just be like, I found this cat running around the launch pad, and I She's didn't want to nice get burned up in the rocket exhaust. Like Aww, that poor it could frog. could be their ESA. It's an emotional support animal. That was yeah, a thing in the they 60s. They had those in the 60s. Emotions Aww. were for commies. Speaking of emotions, why is Spock just hanging in the transporter room at the start of the episode? Yeah, it's an excellent question. Why is he just, like, hanging out with Scotty? Is he flirting with Scotty? He must be. Is he be. cheating on Doc? Like, because they, <gasps> they're, they're orbiting Earth. Yep. They're doing their research mm-hmm. for no reason because no. they, you know, Starfleet calls like, hey, you know that five-year mission we sent you on? Fuck it. We got something else for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're the only ship in the quadrant. Yeah. You're the only ship in the Earth quadrant. I mean, That can go it. back in time. That has happened before, though, so it's we really can't. It's true. So they're there and they detect this weird energy transporter beam and they call down the transporter room and like, Scotty, what's going on? And Spock's there just hanging out. Why Spock never hangs out in the transporter room? It was part of their research. They were going to be beaming. What up. were they going to beam? They were going to beam up pockets of polluted twentieth-century air to uh. study things. I also noticed something Spock said early in the episode was that there's going to be an important assassination today, mm. and I was couldn't help but think that there are two. At least, even just in the U.S., two major assassinations in 1968. Yeah, they, they looked it up, and six, and six J- days. And, uh, MLK. Yeah, six days after mm-hmm. this episode aired, MLK was assassinated. Holy shit! And the uh, FBI and, investigated the fuck out of Star Trek. And the Apollo Six Saturn V rocket was launched and backfired somehow. And they they were like, "Oh, well, that was Star Trek, obviously." Mm. They also said something like there was some kind of weird what, military thing in the general Eurasia area. And later that year, Saddam Hussein came to power. Hmm. So everyone thinks that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing, but nobody fucking looked into this because that's pretty suspicious and weird. Star, Star Trek assassinated Trek. Martin Luther King. Gene Roddenberry. Ass- assassination Earth. Gene Roddenberry's oh. actually... Uh... That episode we're going to get to later this season where it's like they find this immortal space alien who was secretly behind a lot of Earth history. That was actually just Gene Roddenberry writing about himself. Yes. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry didn't die in the early 90s. He faked his death so he could start over. We also got um, yellow shirt Leslie. I actually noticed that. We had Leslie on the bridge in the opening in his red, red shirt. shirt. Yes. Then he was in a hall in the yellow shirt. Right. And then he was in engineering in a jumpsuit. Damn it, Leslie. He, Maybe th- he's twins. Triplets. triplets. I think I think this just proves that thing we were talking about earlier, that they actually either have a room full of Leslie clones yeah, or from a the shitload of Leslie androids, one or the other. Maybe they were maybe this is like a long play by Roddenberry from the very early episodes where he just wanted to set it up so that in season five it would be revealed that Leslie was a race of androids. <laughs> and then it would make sense why he died 
Yeah. And was a scene the next week. Yeah. yeah. There's actually, or, or there's just, he's from an alien race that is all just that guy. Mm. We're eventually going to come across a starship crewed entirely by Leslie's. Yes. Well, it's like uh, the clones in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly, but it's race. Leslie's. It's Boba Fett. And somehow people, like, it's funny, people somehow, they'll say, oh, Leslie, and the Leslie you wanted is the one that responds. They just somehow know. Uh, the first thing I wrote down was, you can't keep a fucking hat on Spock's head. Even ugly hats, they come off immediately, and they're like, oh, your ears! But, but I have to say, both of these episodes had great headwear for Spock. <laughs> Like, he starts out in that, like, weird knit cap yeah. in this episode, and then later he has, like, the like, weird, like, Milligan-type Yeah, a little bucket like, hat. Yeah. Very... Actually, it doesn't suit him, but I did no. love the band on it. It was this amazing <laughs> multicolored paisley band. I want that hat. It's like, it. you know, honestly, the fucking quartermaster on the Enterprise who's in charge of, like, period clothing for, for the crew... Has the best job, for one thing. He's just, like... He's <laughs> drunk as fuck. He, I, I, can just picture, I can just picture the guy being like, okay, I have all of these hats from 20th Century <laughs> earth but i need one that covers spock's fucking ears and eyebrows why don't we just get the makeup artist to do something why are we always using hats the hats never work i imagine them sending him down in like a world war one helmet one of those ones with a big spike on it just because it would cover his ears like well it's 20th century that's yeah. nice, right close enough give him a wig a wig would make sense yeah especially oh, in the God. 60s he could have had walter koenig hair i was gonna say you can give him walter koenig's fucking yeah but you know wig. roddenberry had didn't care for long hairs. <laughs> really? I'm sure. And well, I mean, we'll get to the Space Hippie episode. Yeah, um, um, yeah that's funny, though, because when he showed up with his, you know, sort of big Russian-looking hat, I was yeah. like, what would they do if they were, if it hadn't been winter and that hat would have been appropriate? And then a few scenes later, they're in Florida, and it's like, oh, that's what they do. They, they should have done is left the, um, is made it an actual Russian hat and then had them beam onto the secure military facility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are not spies. <laughs> we are looking for nuclear yes. whistles. I like how, like, after they're captured, Spock and, and Kirk, and all hell starts going loose with the fucking rocket, the mm. people running the place aren't like, oh, they obviously fucked with the rocket. They stop paying attention to them. Yeah. The people Why aren't they in cuffs? Yeah. Why aren't they in a cell? Why isn't someone, like, shaving them? Like, what did you do and how do we undo it? Because yeah. they think they did it. Surely. Mm. It's so stupid. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of things that are stupid, Kirk, Kirk's rationale for, like, of all the reasons to... to deliberately go and break the prime directive i gotta prove the guy's a liar <laughs> like he yeah. literally says like well i ha well i know i know the prime directive prevents us from interfering but i really gotta make sure he's not lying that's why i gotta go down well yeah. because if he was lying though he's gonna like fuck everything up yeah but he's not his fucking job well not only that but let's say he had been lying clearly he was supposed to get to earth right if he was because they exist yeah. So by intercepting him, regardless of if he's a, male a malevolent alien or not, by intercepting him, you're fucking up the timeline, Kirk. You've already broken the Prime Directive speaking just of, by beaming him up. Speaking of fucking up the timeline, we had a whole episode, a pretty good episode, mm -hmm. with some issues. But overall, where they had to go through this whole hoodly do because they beamed up a jet pilot. Oh, that one. I was thinking the Edith Keeler episode. That too. But the jet pilot, right? They beam, and it becomes this whole thing like, oh God, how do we undo all this? And yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, this episode, they beam up two flatfoots. Yes. And they're just like, oh God, you're beating the map. And yeah. we'll be fine. Also, and this is a little nitpick, but I don't fucking care. They're cops. They have a uniform. Why do they have two different coats? Because. Rank? 
That's what the Weather? fucking costume, costume department I know, I know in reality why it happened, but it annoyed me, because they have two obviously very different One coats. expected it to rain that day, and the other <laughs> didn't. Maybe one of them was like a beat cop that walks around outside, and the other was at a desk a lot of the time. Mm. No, they were both just uniformed, so... What if one of the cops just shot Kirk out of yeah. panic? Yeah, which would have been fair. Yeah. Speaking though, Kirk, Kirk, I will say, speaking of clothes, uh, did look really good in his uh, little raincoat and suit mm. combo. Yeah, they clean up nice, those those uh, Starfleet, Starfleet guys. guys. Columbo would have loved that suit. Yeah. What did What did you guys think of um, Roberta's little dressy thing? I like a little it. hippie dress. Like a flower speaking, child speaking of type space look. hippies, until I realized the skirt was for some reason a different material than the top half. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you can only really tell in one of the when she's actually fiddling with the knobs. It zooms in enough that you can tell the top is it like zooms in on her on her ass. No, 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 no just not her. really. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that's a Roddenberry technique right there. That's true, but she's like the top is kind of like smooth, like almost a silky material, but then the bottom is almost velvet. No, but I thought same... it was like, I thought it had like a, I didn't think it was velvety. I thought it was like lacy sort of or like. Well, a... either way, it's a distinctly very different material, which annoyed me. Because hmm. otherwise, I like the pattern. I thought it was hysterical. They had a little coat that specifically went with it. I like the and little, little sleeves. Purse, little purse that purse was great. It. The cube. Yeah. That was amazing. I love the sleeves on the dress. That was good too. Like it's I a, wanted that dress. If it had honest. been the same material throughout, it would have been I take perfect. It, I take it either way. Well, I know uh, Roddenberry kept specifically requesting that they make the shirt shorter and shorter Mm. until, what's the actress's name? Terry Gargar. She was pissed and Mm. had a miserable time and refused to talk about Star Trek for a long time. If not, if they were making what? The skirt shorter? The skirt shorter and shorter. Well, it's because Roddenberry believes that the skirt is supposed to, you know, stop right above where your ass cheek meets your leg. (laughs) And then you you just wear bulky underwear. Yeah, diapers. Well, (laughs) it's why I remember. I remember seeing an interview years ago with like the cost one of the costume people in the original series, and uh, he was saying, you know, a fringe benefit of Roddenberry's just horniness. They saved a ton of money in cloth. <laughs> like they would design, they had like sketches, and he'd be like, "All right, but shorten this and get rid of that and make that deeper." And mm. again, they they saved that. I want of money. I want to see the sides, but not the navel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was a, that was a fringe Benny benefit of his being a, a creepy old hornball. Speaking of her fiddling with the controls, what is the point of having this massive safe door with like giant fucking thing with its fucking anyone can anyone can open it and then manipulate the fucking transporter controls without knowing what they're doing and somehow beam people around? So I mean, yeah, like you'd think that the magic door pen would at least only react if like maybe it recognized the person who touched it, you know? Well, considering the computer had such crazy controls over yeah, who could operate you think just it. Stop well, computer, the computer was in love with Roberta, as we've discussed. True, so therefore, true, true. So, be an interesting but love even then, like, in the fact that it could just be, like, in the 20th century, we had literal safe doors. It just could have been an actual safe that couldn't be opened without a combination. Yeah, Yeah, but then how would we have progressed the plot? All right, well, and actually, if I may again sort of dip into the realm of, of Doctor Who, you know, there's a lot of, there's, and it's become sort of, in the more recent series, they've sort of implied more heavily that maybe this is the case. But even before the new series launched in 2005, people sort of always said, you know, maybe the TARDIS is kind of alive and it brings the Doctor where he needs to be and this, that, and the other thing. Kind the of compu- alive, you say? Yeah. Okay. The computer is definitely sentient. Mm. The computer is also kind of a bitch. But it could have, without directly doing it itself, I don't know why it wouldn't, but never mind, could have let Roberta do all that stuff because... 
Gary actually needed the help, ultimately. Mm. I mean, it's still fucking stupid. You know what else, actually, though, speaking of advanced species and all this, the stupidest part, right? The stupidest, most asinine fucking part of this stupid, asinine fucking episode for me. Mm-hmm. As I was saying in the intro, Gary fucks up, and it's like, there you are, Agent Doodly Fuckballs. Where have you been? And that's why he almost rumbles the game too early and has to sort of half tell the truth. Mm-hmm. This advanced alien species, they could beam him thousands of fucking light years. They couldn't give him a fucking photograph of the people he was looking for? The computer even knows what they look like. Yeah. They, we learned that they've been killed in a, in a car accident because yep. everyone who goes back to the past dies in a car accident, apparently. Yeah. The most absurd way to die. Yeah, and, uh, and says, like, yes, their their physical forms were identified and they match what they would have looked like in their bodies or whatever the fuck. Yeah. I mean, computer could have just showed him a picture. Mm-hmm. Computer could have been like, oh, by the way, the secretary... Is probably coming in. Oh yeah! By the way, they have a secretary. Yeah, <laughs> just so as you know. And like, or maybe when the secretary comes in, the computer will be like, "Oh, the secretary's here. We should probably stop talking." I kind of, I kind of wonder, had the show been picked up and lasted, if that car accident would have been revealed to be something more nefarious. It was the E.S. Keeler car all over again? Ah! But just like you know, because even he says like. Are we sure it was just the... Uh, it was you, Harry Mudd. It would have been revealed that maybe there's a counter group that knows about him and his actions <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, that could have been interesting. If Yeah, if the show wasn't awful and had been picked up. I think that, contrary to what we've been led to believe, that this, that this pilot was actually reworked a little bit and then actually produced into a show, that show known as Quantum Leap. <laughs> ah. And they changed the character of Isis into Al. Sure, sure. Um, it was kind of like they took Isis and the computer and kind of right. Well, computer is is Ziggy. Right. Good point. Good point. Um, so there we go. And in Gary, instead of you know, he just leaps around in time. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the fucking like. There, he was from a race taken from Earth, raised on somewhere a thousand light years away or whatever. So that they can insert him back into into Earth or whatever the fuck. Solid flavor injector. Mm. Solid flavor. We're back injector. to that, huh? Yeah. I like that's where I, I just. How many people use the solid flavor Jesus injector to put Christ, stuff up Jake. their assholes? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine doing anything else with it. <laughs> Sorry, Ames. I caused right. this. No, no. Like I was utterly confused by all of that. Mm-hmm. I was utterly confused by by uh, space hippie Roberta being like, "Oh, well, this is why some people from my generation are kind of weird and think we'll die at thirty or whatever the fuck." Well, because there's gonna be World War Three. Well, no, but she was like specifically being like, "This is why hippies are weird." Mm. Yay! They're weird because they completely don't trust people until other people show up and suddenly they believe them. Right, which is so that yeah, exactly. She was so convinced that Gary was lying. And then Kirk and Spock walk in, and she is like, "Oh, you guys!" And then she she's completely credulous with everything that Gary, Gary was instead of being like, "I'm surrounded," like, oh, he's by telling assholes. the truth, guys, you idiots. Which apparently, you know, they, they dragged Gary away. These aliens, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever world they lived well, on. Wait, wait, was he dragged away? Or well, his his his, his, his yeah, ancestors. his ancestors were dragged away, and he's been living out there. This is almost like fucking Charlie Evans all over again. He doesn't have his home world. Yeah, but he was presumably raised among other. Because it sounds like they probably had a bunch of humans. But what's weird though is that like it sounds it sounds like a a like a, a animal sanctuary for people. Kind of. And then they release them back into the wild and see if they can survive. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, first of all, 
It doesn't make sense. So no. if you're abducting humans <laughs> 6,000 years ago, who are you, like, where were they abducted from? Were they abducted from... The steps. Well, he certainly doesn't look like a step person. Like, Well, they left him underground, so they got really pale. I don't know. Uh, like, he looks fucking European. That's so true. So they would have got him from Europe, but Europeans certainly didn't look like today's Europeans in the... Well, you figure that this advanced... 4,000 BC realm. They they nudged the evolution along. Oh. Well, but also, six, they could be 6,000 years in the future, or they could be, like, 5,800 years in the future, so they just kidnapped somebody from the, you know, 2100s. I'm pretty sure that, that that the aliens themselves were contemporary with 1968 yeah, Earth. that's what I think. I think he freaks they don't, out. I don't think there's any time travel involved. No, he, they just... Because he freaks out when he realizes the Enterprise is from the future. But he knows what a Vulcan is. So he's been around in space. I bet they have a Vulcan exhibit on their animal safari. Yeah, that's true. This, this, one, this planet actually just has a fucking menagerie of animals. <laughs> oh my reasons. god. It's fucking... the Talosians. It is the Talosians. What's his name was actually trained by Gary Seven's bosses. Who? Who? Um, the guy that invents Vulcan logic. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can't think of his name. Can't think of his name either, but you Tell us, right. comments. That yeah. guy. Fuck, I just watched the episode of Enterprise where they, like, find his stuff. Not Savick. It starts with an S. Anywho. Yeah, they all start with S, though. Um, Tuvok doesn't. That's well, true. S- he thought because they ran out of S names. They thought <laughs> of an S letter in the alphabet. <laughs> and the women don't. Uh, yeah. They're usually T. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Um, the Vulcan naming conventions aside. The Vulcan women names are the letter T followed by an automatopoeia. To pring. <laughs> to pow. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Um, it is often a T and an apostrophe, though. To vroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to meow. <laughs> um, oh, poor to squelch. To fart. To be too difficult for you humans to fart. <laughs> well, I think we can manage. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, it's Bean Knight in the uh, <laughs> commissary and she thinks people keep saying her name. Um, oh no. Oh, uh, I was going to say something. Sense of smell. Um, I have oh. two notes. Yep. At the start of my, near the top, I have nice hat Spock, and then lower, I have nice hat again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that that second hat did not look good on Spock. It didn't, but I didn't, it didn't love go with the, the it didn't go with the rest of his outfit. Not at all. Either. I don't yeah. think there is a bucket hat in the world that goes with a suit, though. Mm. True. Or anything else. Like, what other, do you wear a bucket hat with? Like, a Hawaiian shirt and, like, shorts? Yes. Mm. Oh, well, polo right, shirt, I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah, polo shirt and, like, golfing. khakis. Oh, go, going Bikini. back to the uh, the 6,000-year-old mm. gap between, you know, when Gary's people were taken from Earth and when he arrived, I think it would have been hilarious if he arrives on Earth... Or we find out, here's what happens. Instead of a car crash, we find out that the other agents actually died of bubonic plague. <laughs> because they had no immunity. Oh. To, or like to anything. <laughs> like any antibodies that we've oh. developed over the last 6,000 years, they don't have. So they're just dying of ancient diseases. That's a good point. That, that or alternately, like you got to figure whoever, whoever trained them up probably had them on a very strict regimen. Mm. They just died of immediately eating way too much fried food. They're like, this is amazing! Yes. I would do that. They went to, they went to Mickey D's. 
Oh, man. <laughs> that would be great if, like, Gary arrived and, and they actually weren't dead. They were just there at the office, but they were, like, 800 pounds. <laughs> they couldn't move. They were, like, like grafted into the couch. They're like, oh, you know they deliver pizzas here? <laughs> that's, that's why they need a secretary. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to sign for the pizzas. <laughs> and then shovel them into their face. <laughs> oh, that would have been a better show. Uh so that was, I mean, that was, that was like I was saying during the intro when I was overstepping. A big part of the problem here is, like, they want to have both the Star Trek people, because it's their show. Yeah. And Gary, because they're trying to establish his show, all kind of be right together, but in opposition. Yeah. When which really, I think... When really they have the same fucking goal. Right. And at the end which of the day... Which is not cause World War Three. Yeah. And because like... hovering H-bombs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this whole this whole episode could have been solved if people were just fucking talking at the beginning when Gary mm. came on board. If he was just like, listen, here's my exact mission. But he could be lying. I, if I were Gary, I'd be like, okay, you know what, Kirk? Why don't you come down to my office with me? I'm, you're not, you can't touch anything. You can't leave the office, but you can hang out and you can watch what happens. Yeah. But also, Bones is able to tell when someone's lying. We saw him do that in, didn't we see, well, in Spock's brain. He was yeah. like, he's in the tricorder. Like, nope, there's been no change. Clearly not lying. Well, Bones looks at fucking Gary. Is this the, is this right? He looks at him and says, he's too perfect to be a human. Yeah. Like, like he's obviously like a oh, no shapeshifter flaws. in human form because you know if you were, <coughs> something like that if you yeah. were an actual human you'd have like scars and shit something yeah well, I, I, I no mean, appendix but even Huge then like cock. kind of what you're saying really because their their record tapes did actually have record of those events you know so that right. could even be a thing is like just just look Kirk here's my mission see if it happened yeah. Not that he necessarily knew they would have had something so specific. Well, they're here, they're here doing historical research anyway because yeah. they don't know how it happened or something. They're I, like, this was a very turbul- uh, turbulent part of Earth it history. Was so forced. And we have to be here. I don't know why they didn't go somewhere more funner. I don't know. I would have liked seeing a dinosaur episode, but, you know, fuck that. Um, oh, God. Think about how awful that was. Oh, yeah. Been. It was that asteroid. Check. Done. Bye, guys. <laughs> Do you know what this Good luck movie, evolving. This episode is actually the prequel to the film Space Cowboys. Because this, so Space Cowboys <laughs> is a movie that has um, Clint Eastwood. It's got a bunch of like... Tommy Lee Jones, I Yeah, think. a bunch of actors from that sort of generation. Shapeshifting cat. Um, who get... Or they all play astronauts who are called out of retirement because the Soviet version of this nuke platform yep. that Gary so Gary prevented the US version from la- launching but, but the not, Russian one's up there the right? Russian one's already up there sorry the other power so one. this so this <laughs> movie Space Cowboys takes place in you know the present day and there's like the 2000 something and the Russian space platform has malfunctioned and is going to launch all its nukes so they have to send astronauts up to fix it but the only astronauts that know enough about 60s technology are Tommy Lee Jones and Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood and whoever else. There's a bunch of guys in that movie. So it's like the Expendables, but it's like the old astronauts. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like Armageddon, but we're spending old people instead of oil drillers. Yeah. So so that, so that I in my headcanon now... That's kind of great. That This episode is the takes prequel place to Space in, Cowboys. It takes place in the Star Trek universe. Exactly. I'm down with it. The one thing I liked about this episode was it made me feel a little better about how shit is today because I felt like it was like very prescient and was like... Yeah, uh, so we're here from the future to make sure that mankind doesn't blow itself up since it has more technology, but don't. But they haven't quite figured out how not to be dicks to each other yet. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, this was a problem 50 years ago, and we're still here. And then I thought, maybe this is a good time to relaunch this show and do it better, because mm. I think that we'd probably get eaten up. 
right now. True. I mean, well, and then then the whole car accident thing definitely would be part of a larger plot too, because people love serializing shit now. So considering considering that the 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 spies the the agents had you know a self typing typewriter mm-hmm. that you still needed to manually load. Yeah. 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 Um, but like all of this automated shit in their office, can, is it safe to assume that their car that crashed was a self-driving car? <laughs> uh, yeah, you think? Even was, if it, they, was it? Was did Google kill them? Well, Google probably didn't kill them, but if it was the only self-driving car out there, it maybe could since it wouldn't be able to rely on the hive mind of like every car working together not mm, hit each other. Yeah, it couldn't maybe did not account for the one drunk asshole in the middle mm. of the day who swerved and killed them because it was illogical. Yeah, right? it was, free will. It wasn't a self-driving car. Ultimately, that was the one thing they couldn't send was a car. It was too obvious. So they, it was a normal car, and Agent Whatever was distracted because he was reaching into the bag for a Big Mac. Yes. There it is. It's, it's, it all ties back. It's uh, ten, ten back. Oh, it's Samrock Shake season, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> um, you guys had the chocolate Damn it. Yet? I was going to say, I, mi- I missed the they, they tried. Shake. They tried to disarm the uh, the rocket. They tried to fuck up the rocket, but they like made it like ten steps up the rocket platform. Like, Edgy did get up there, but their fingers were too fat to manipulate. <laughs> If you'd like to order a dialing one, smash the fist now. Um, I love this theory. I'd like theory. to apologize to any 800-pound fans who were offending right now. Uh, say, oh, well, you know, God. they would have been 1,600 pounds combined. So. <laughs> they actually came with their own cat, but that cat just left. <laughs> Um, oh, no, there was one scene, speaking of the cat, it was amazing. One of the many scenes where Gary just had to drop the cat... Clearly he pissed the cat off, because you can just see its tail poking into frame, and it's all puffed out. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, kitten. My it was, I, like you said, though, by the way, that reminds me, it was kind of great, where when he's laid out on the platform, and the cat clearly is about to just sit down on his back. I was like, I'm actually trying to do that. Cats just sit on people when they lie down. Mm-hmm. Mm. I liked when uh, he was, like, working on, like, the all the wires and shit, and the cat's like, Bruh! and he's like, Meow. Thank you, Isis, or whatever. Yeah. And I was just you like, must why did you just say meow? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Meow. They're into, you must... they're into some kinky shit, guys. You're telling me. This, this episode may have been a shit show, but this is great fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, any final thoughts on uh, this piece of shit before we move on to this other not great episode? Uh, at no. least at least Spock's brain is still Star Trek. That's true. It's the one point that keeps it ahead of that mess. Yeah, um, I got nothing. Oh, I did like uh, Gary's replicator. That was nice, where he replicated his documents. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that, that was, was cool. cool. Which still used his real name. Like, why, what's the point in having fake documents? Well, especially if your, your name, name is well. Seven. <laughs> yeah. I did like that we saw Uhura communicating real hard, listening to, like, what... <laughs> Ten different languages at once. Mm. Nice work, Ahura. Yeah, she's very. That's true. She's a rock star. She is. Which, so, like, in th- that's a that's a complaint. That's a nerd complaint. Right. So she listens to all these languages. She's multilingual. Clearly, she's a fucking linguist and a fucking expert. Mm-hmm. And yet, somehow, she doesn't know simple Klingon phrases in Star Trek Six and needs to make a fucking fool of herself <laughs> by flipping through fucking textbooks when there's a fucking computer right there to fucking say. And the fucking translators, at least on the shuttles, if not everywhere else. Well, a, a universal translator would have been detected. Oh, yes, yes. is that how it works? Oh, God, that actually, speaking of... Love I, that movie, hate one, that scene. One last complaint about 
Gary 7 before we move on. When they are showing Cape Canaveral there, doing all this crazy zoom-in shit, that wasn't supposed to be the Enterprise. They were supposed to have tapped into a weather satellite. <laughs> yes, yeah. which can zoom in I don't up think to a person. Nineteen. I mean, I mean. I thought he was like bouncing something off a weather satellite. I don't know. Either way, satellite. he was somehow... Hopefully, I don't. Scotty think. launched a drone. He, he didn't did. tell he anyone. Did yeah, because he forgot to pick it up on his way out. Yeah, it fell to Earth and it became that episode of Voyager. Anyway, and then McCoy left his communicator again. Yes, Jesus Christ! He's McCoy. going through like eighty-five communicators. So many. Now. Good thing uh, they got replicated. That's what, part of the reason they decided to just have to be badges. It, it was the it was the McCoy doctrine. Like, <laughs> yeah, we can't. <laughs> we've we've contaminated so many worlds with communicators via Doctor McCoy. <laughs> So, not to uh, mention all the natives he's impregnated, I'm sure. Mm. Hot. Spock's brain. It started good. No. I actually really liked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I actually really liked the opening scene where it's just literally like panning around, watching everyone on the bridge doing their job. That was pretty cool. I thought that was cool. Yeah, they actually. Like, I, oh, this is interesting. We're watching like everyone's tense. Everyone's like watching this thing on the screen. Everyone's like doing their their shit, and. And then some other stuff happened. Well, that's interesting. I actually made a note on this one. They showed the front of the bridge a lot more in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably because of Chekhov's PowerPoint. Mm. <laughs> but as a consequence, you could see that there were <laughs> the lesser you know, stations. Known Chekhov's gun. Yes. Chekhov's PowerPoint. There, there were stations like up by the front that you like never see that yeah. are there and there are people at. It yeah, was kind of yeah, yeah, neat. And then, yeah, other stuff happened. Too bad everybody's hair looked like shit. Whoever oh was God, doing you hair. You were so upset. I was angry this entire fucking episode. Everyone's hair is fakakda. <laughs> Scotty's hair looks horrible. And Scotty's he, hair. And like, he, had the sli- he did a slick bag. It looked great when he had like the... You know, I, I, kept thinking, swoop, I kept thinking that swoop. Scotty let, like, do and looked like he aged. He was gray. Years. His hair was wicked gray, too. Like, he, but I mean, even, this, is, even, this is season three. Jim. I know, but it's only a year later. So, like, <laughs> why does he look so much lots older? Lots of coke and lots of horn. Probably. So. It was the 60s. He looks terrible. Bones looks like he got fat. Oh, I didn't notice that. I feel like he got fat face. Kirk's hair looks weird. I wonder if now he actually is using a toupee or if he got a new toupee or something. Well, so his I, hair's wicked close to crop part of Bizarro. It, as I said too, is they let him fill out his sideburns a little bit. Mm. He's got slightly not just puffier but also wider. Because the one thing the one thing but they do I, in Star Trek is um the pointy sideburns. The pointy sideburns, the very sort of come very why fine I have point. Sideburns, obviously. But they they let his get a little more square. I don't know if he had like another show he was doing or a movie or something. No, it's almost the seventies. We need they were sideburns. but they weren't as like they would bring them in the first two seasons to a very no, fine. I remember, point. but I these are. After you mentioned that, though, I looked at his sideburns and was like, no, they still look pointy. No, they still come to a point. They don't come to as... Sharp a point? Okay, fine. Either way, his hair's fucked up. Uhura's hair actually looked fine, but it was like, like you pointed out, it was closer cropped. Like, everybody's hair was much closer cropped, and I didn't think... It's just really annoying. Well, they thought that that they were probably canceled, right? Yeah, they all changed their hairstyles. That's true. Um, Speaking of them almost being canceled, I was was reading somewhere in, like, the big, big, big letter-writing campaign. Uh, I've been reading um, Grace Lee Whitney's book. And she actually had a relationship with Harlan Ellison, the guy who wrote City on the Edge of Forever. Okay. There's a whole chapter of her, like, defending him in the City on the Edge of Forever fiasco. But Harlan Ellison actually was, like, the one who did, like, so much of the organizing. Wow. Uh, and doesn't get much credit for it. Yeah, so a, either either this is Grace Lee Whitney looking through it with um, rose-colored glasses because she had a big crush on it. I, I can't remember her name. Trimble, there, right? Yeah, yeah, that might be the right name. She, Yo, I don't know how to pronounce know, but it. But she, like, she was one of the organizers. Yeah, well, and she was, of, she was from a big fan base yeah, that kind of like started president heading of the up. Fan club. And, I, I met her, or I didn't meet her, I saw her speak at a convention once. And what a kick 
in the collective <clears throat> dick. It's like, all right, fine. You're getting your show back. Here's Spock's brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what that's what um, Shatner actually says. Like, you know what? You're going to cut our funding. <clears throat> this is what you're going to fucking get. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say some highlights that I saw in this episode was the fucking fall down choreography. Chapels was the Chap- fucking oh best. Oh, my God. Well, Chapels yeah. was great. It was my first note is Chapels fall. That was my first note, See, too. See, I had a note, but um, I but thought you was kind of overselling it. Yeah, you like, stop trying to pad your scenes, Chapel. Like, I thought that the falls couldn't get better. Like, I thought, like, that Chapel fall was tops. And then there's the, when the, um, when they do the, the, the givers belts. of pain, the pain belt, and, like, they, like, Kirk does this dramatic fall and then, like, writhes. It's, yeah. it's, mm. it's like interpretive dance. With it's McCoy wonderful. and uh, Scotty or somebody behind him doing the same thing. Yeah. At one point. Like, like, it's like, wow, this is. They, they so, upped their falling down game for this episode. So they bring back the Sulu maneuver for this episode. They did. And Chekhov was so freaking proud of himself. He was. But here's what I don't get. The he reason... Did, he the, kept those red shirts alive, Chris. You gotta give him fucking That's friends. true. Chekhov is the only person that ever kept red shirts alive. Such like a, a well useless... Well done, novel. Like, why... Why shoot that? Well, that's, so here's my <laughs> thing, right? Sulu had to do the Sulu maneuver mm-hmm. because the transporter was broken and they couldn't beam him down heaters. Mm-hmm. McCoy had to do the Sulu maneuver in that other episode because they were trying to kind of lie woman? low... No, no, not that one. It was the one where Kirk... It was the um, oh, it was private the little with, war. Yeah, with Nona, right, right. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the chick with they the were, pants. Yeah, they were trying to lie sort of low, and he was like, fine, so Sulu maneuver. But here, they're not worried about the Prime Directive. The transporters are working. Why not send him some sort of portable heater units, or yeah. a little tent, or because, anything? Because, you know, Pavel wanted to show off for the red shirt. That's it's true. Ru- like, like, actually, no, he says Russia's like tropical, so I was going to say like mm. he's like his native land, but it's not. No, because actually, though, get Kirk made a comment about... You've got very thick skin. Yeah, about about Chekhov, you know, not being freezing cold. It's just like, yeah, it's because <laughs> really? yeah, he's a Russian. Russian. If it's as cold as it, they're saying it is on this planet, why aren't they wearing jackets? Well, because they yeah, have personal idiots. tricorder Oh, no, no. Yeah, they, they said, they said like, like uniforms... 70 degrees or something that I'm like, I want that. Yeah, dude, they don't too. have that in any other Star Trek. Or any other episode of the original series. Like, but anytime yeah. they go on a cold to a cold place in like TNG, they have to wear fucking jackets. I sit and again, this is this is obviously a bridge too far. I'm biased because I already love them so much anyway. But the best jackets, again, Star Trek 2. Yeah. Those those amazing away team parkas they have. Which seem a little weird because they're just going, as far as they know, to another hermetically sealed space station with temperature control. So why are they wearing them? But whatever, they're amazing. They are nice jackets. Although I have to say, I would love to have Captain Picard's jacket. Oh, his little velvet one? Yeah. Yeah, That's such a nice jacket. Like, that would be a nice jacket even if it weren't a Star Trek. I bet it's not as warm as it looks, though. It's probably, but it would be a nice light All you have to do is set it to 70 degrees. You just set it to 70 degrees and it's fine. Set it and forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. Ah, Solid uh, flavor injected. Since we're talking about Red clothes form. that we want, I really want um I really want the away the away team or the on planet jacket from Star Trek Beyond. I love the looks that's of those. That's a good that's a good I, I watched that I actually watched that last night. We watched it last week. Really? While yeah. we're talking while we're talking about costumes, sorry, I'm cutting you off. Why was Spock in a weird jumpsuit? I, I don't and he know. was just in his like normal because uniform. Because it was earlier. like robot jumpsuit. Yeah, because it was Why like a Frankenstein. He was a fucking RC Frankenstein. <laughs> I like how they kept showing to... weird close ups of Spock. Like when other people were having reactions to things, they just cut to Spock not having a <laughs> <Yeah>. reaction. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> forget, he doesn't have a brain. 
Yeah. Which, and you said it, but I think I'd, I'd similarly thought it, but you beat me to the punch actually saying it. Who the fuck, what writer did Nimoy piss off yeah. that they gave him this episode? <laughs> I was Aww. like, why did you have to, and I mean, obviously it paid off because, you know, he had to push the buttons on the wrist, wrist apparently, but I was like, why is this even fucking happening? Like, why? Yeah. yeah. Except for that, like, McCoy is taking some sick pleasure in trotting him out <laughs> yes. and, like, parading him around. He was. Like, you know that before he beamed down, he just had, like, a group of people in sick bay while he made him do weird shit. Yeah. All those weird dances from like the I Mud episode. Had him just had him just trotting around, goose stepping, doing the Nazi salute. Yeah. No. It's like Spock. Spock's always doing that this anyway. <laughs> now uh, Nimoy actually said like he was like very uncomfortable throughout this entire episode. He no looked, shit. He looked uncomfortable. He, didn't he looked have to do pissed almost off. any acting. Although I did, I did actually like voiceover brain computer yeah, spot because yeah. he just sounded so interested in everything yeah. like that wasn't a, a, a fine way of like saying like he's turned on by this technology that he doesn't that he can only like discover by by talking to Kirk like yeah. oh I'm I'm just a brain. That's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I can feel that I'm powering this this world. It's a I feel wow. pleasure when I hear your voice, Kirk. Aww. It's a good thing he was a Vulcan though, because I feel like if you said to a human being, like, so you're a brain in a jar right now, just, they would go so insane they'd die. <laughs> it would be so much just incoherent screaming for half an hour. <laughs> and then the brain would burn out. Can I shit on the props department for yes, a moment? Please. Yes. Why yes. do we not see the fucking brain ever? Uh, because we've seen what they've done with brains in the past. It's true, that little jello. <laughs> like, like, I feel like Such there should have been, like, a brain in a jar with, like, wires and shit coming out of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was a total missed opportunity. That, that maybe, just... let's be fair to the props department, that might have been NBC. Oh, you think that'd be Possibly. too gory? But, they, but the gamesters, but see, though was, they were little jello molds. Well, see, that was okay because they were little jello molds and they were aliens anyway. They had evolved to that point. Yeah. Versus, this was ripped out of someone's head. Guys, the real reason... Is because did you see that fucking brilliance helmet that they had? <laughs> the, the the McCoy the entire, I know kung fu helmet. The, <laughs> like <laughs> that entire prop budget was blown on that That's thing. That's true. That was a pretty neat little prop. That that would have been great. He comes out and is like Jim, Jim. I didn't learn about brains, but I learned kung fu. And he starts kicking the shit yes. out of people. And Kirk's like, show me. Okay. Ow! <laughs> Kirk, Kirk just chops him once on the neck and he goes down. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of the, what do they call it? They call it the great teacher, mm-hmm. this, this brain helmet, this smart helmet thing. Yeah. It lasts I like... It. It, it lasts, Halfway through surgery. Yeah, no, it lasts three hours, they say. I don't know if it lasts three hours only for McCoy or for all their, their people. Well, it was, it was about three hours for the locals, for the women, but they yeah. have an alien brain, so mm-hmm. we don't know how long it lasts. All right, so, so Kara, the, the girl who comes to the Enterprise, mm-hmm. takes the brain, flies all the way back, and then hooks up the brain to her computer. She must have done, the, done all of that in three hours. Well, maybe there's another teacher on the ship. And she just like like getting teacher hits. Maybe I don't know. Or maybe the ship takes flew her itself. Flew itself. Yeah. I don't well, know. she has to have known to get in the ship. Actually, she can't just be bopping around. I like Barbie dolls. And then get on the ship. <laughs> who, who wrote this episode? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know. An asshole. I oh, it, it was. I bet uh, it was a, a man. <laughs> no, it was. It was a man. Oh, it wasn't Gene Kuhn. Who the fuck was it? I forget because he used he specifically used a um. Uh, pen name because he hated it so much. Huh. And then Bob Justman, the producer, gave them the idea to have Spock narrate the rest of the surgery and then regretted it forever. Uh. I'm so stupid. Well, you know, have you that. connected back my vocal cords yet? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, it's That's like, not how the fucking brain works. Well, That's not how fucking vocal 
boards work. It's not well, how anything love, works. Two is like, it's like that time where he had to come out of his self-induced hypnosis. Hit me. Hit and me, Chapel. Like, you seem pretty awake. Where he's like, finish connecting my speech center. It seems pretty connected. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're I talking. Am, I am the very model of a modern major <laughs> Vulcan. Oh, I fucked it up. Reconnect my vocal cord. <laughs> I have to say though, the f- fucking my another fa- an addition to the falls. My next favorite part of this episode was DeForest Kelly's facial expressions while he's during for- the surgery while he's forgetting how to do surgery. Yeah. Yes, he's just like so confused about what he's doing. His eyebrow was like jumping like yeah, thirty miles an hour. It was, an hour. It was amazing. Great facial sweating like tons of sweating. He's so good at that. Yeah, DeForest Kelly he gets the superstar award. He is he is without a doubt the best actor on this show. Yeah, yeah. like nothing like because everything that happened in this episode, especially the surgery, is so stupid that if anybody else had been trying to like deliver the lines it would have been well i mean it was already pretty bad but like mm-hmm. it would have been un- intolerable at that mm-hmm. point do you know what i thought what i what amused slash horrified me was i feel like kirk thought he was like in a talking a computer to death episode with the <laughs> women at one point because he's like no you must give us back the brain we need our friend the needs of the many are not greater than the needs of the one and like it just felt like i felt like i was getting ready for him to be like you know but you've kidnapped our friend. What is the penalty for kidnap? Like, you know, like I don't know. It, it to me it was like I felt like he was just the uh, thing you said was that when they were all in sick bay talking about the fact that Spock's brain has gone missing and they need to find it. Uh, that felt like a bad improv scene. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, because like the, it kept being like Kirk would be like, "Well, we have to find it. Where is the brain?" No, but where would we look? And I was like, why are you negging him? It's yes and always. Stop <laughs> negging him. It really didn't feel that way. The, um, I do have to say, though, that the reason I asked if the writer was a man was because whoever wrote this episode was clearly going through a bad divorce. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. Give, give the givers of pain and delight. Pain and delight. That bitch kept the house and all the nice shit, and I'm out here on the street. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, fucking women doing nothing and living a life. And all the men are up on the service. So only brought in when they need a bang. (laughs) Yeah, how does that work? How wait, no, how does that actually work? Well, you see, Amy, a man and a woman love each other very much. Go on, Caitlin. (laughs) They have have some of them down wearing their their games of Triskelion collars around their waists for some reason, Mm -hmm. and they they do what they're bid because otherwise they'll they'll feel the pain. And obviously, the delight is the other part. But then, what do they do when they're pregnant? Do they fucking know what they're Turn doing? Turn into even bigger bitches. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. I mean, I guess... Turn Put on the hat. Oh, okay. I should eat some vitamins. And Take if, that off the hat. If, if they're... They have food if cubes. They're ba- if they do have babies, and their baby is a, a moogorn or whatever the freak they're... Mog they must send it something. to the surface at some point. Yeah, do they just like, all right, ship that one up the, uh, the elevator. <laughs> we'll leave it with the baskets of fruits and vegetables <laughs> and weapons. Son of a bitch, I wanted to get the kids every other weekend. This is bullshit. Full time. <laughs> I want to be a single father. This is fucking up my dating game. I, I, so the whole plan, right? Oh, that's not fair to dads. I'm sorry, dads. You're all cool. The whole plan, right, was like I said. So they build this elaborate underground city. Mm-hmm. Before their ice age hits? Yeah. But then decide, let's only put women down there instead of, you know, 
the whole population. Well, they're very weird. Go, that's strange. I want, see, I wonder if that's something that happened later, though. If maybe if maybe the men were down there originally with them and then pissed them off and said, you're sleeping on the couch tonight. No, in fact, you're sleeping on the surface tonight. <laughs> that would make more sense than... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think they do say, though, that it was it started out that way, but I don't know. No, I don't know. I was... So, I but love then this divorce thing, like this is so good. Like I never would have even thought of that, but it's so perfect. Now that but you've then, said it, like surely the magic pain belts weren't there from the offing. Oh, when no, were no. those thought uh, up? Well, a great teacher figured it out. Yeah, but why? Everybody we've met, there's been a lot of weird kink in this show. I'm saying you never know. So yeah. there were one or two, and then they were a bunch. Yeah, the the belts of pain and delight. Yes, I certainly did notice those delightful aspects. <sighs> So Shut up! I like that something line. happening. Did they find like? Did they like walk in on someone getting a hand job or something? Like what? What was the delightful part? The Probably fact that they just were... the tits and the small skimpy outfits. I would I guess. guess so. well, well, and they also Kirk's feed them. Dick yeah, is they were like, feeding them little fruits and Kirk's, stuff. Kirk's dick is like um divining. Rod. Divining rod. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yes, delights. <laughs> so I mean, do they occasionally send cavemen they've had in their employ back to the surface? No, when you say had. Because otherwise, well, because otherwise, how would the ones on the surface know that there was pain and delight, you know? Uh, instead of just like, sometimes they take our people and we never see them again. Yeah, maybe they cycle them out every now and again. Yeah, it's good to have variety, right? Yeah. It's the spice of life. Yeah, it's also good for your genetic pool. Yes, yeah, that's exactly. true. Yeah. <coughs> Gotta feel bad for those women, though, because all those men are fugged. Yeah, well, you know. I don't know, you give them a shower, you cut their hair. And no, they did. The ones they had were fugged. Yeah, they don't really clean up well. No, and all don't. you've known is fug men. Like fug Klingons men are probably hot men, men though, right? Had, like I mean, the guy, the guy guarding the door had like a Klingon mustache. Yeah, you're, you're right though. If all they've ever seen was that, they don't know what they're missing. They don't have the inter- they don't have the internet. They can't look up uh, anything better. It does like bother. They can't me put on a man bun. It is it is a little troubling that they're all like child level intelligence though. Well, because yeah. that going back to the divorce thing too, right? I mean. They have to mind these these women are just so unsophisticated. Yeah. But what about the guys though? Like, what was their mental capacity? And cavemen. And for that, yeah, good well, point. Well, because they're being and kept they're... down by those broads. I don't know. Yeah, the, the guy, true. the the more guy that talked to Kirk seemed to like a- able to to function well. Yeah, he enough. had his shit together. He just didn't want to. He sounded almost British. Yeah, may have been. He had that Prince Valiant hair. Well, that the, is the, si- the symbol of. I mean, yeah, it is a symbol for those English women. Accent. The men would have. <laughs> rebuilt that civilization. Yeah, it's, it's a very sexist episode, even by 60s standards. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty bad. Um, Here's a question. Here's a question. So they need Spock's brain to to run their underground city and pump it with heat and air and shit. Did yep. they use up the previous brain? What happened that, to that? that? It sounded like it must it's, have died. Yeah. Every 10,000 yeah. years, they need a new one. That's I like, a pretty good lifespan. I think it was 10,000 for a Vulcan for a Vulcan one, because his is so... Well, no, they said the previous one had lasted about 10,000 oh, years, they? Okay. too. Yeah. You would sell so the just, way they over. They just pick off Vulcan brains. Wait, Maybe. ten thousand years ago, they found a Vulcan brain, mm. or they found a, br- or a brain. A brain. Why don't they just use one of their own brain brains? Because they're they need dumb. Is to regulate bodily well, they functions. They are dumb. Well, that's, like, dumb. It's, like, it's like what you said on the way over. Like, so wait, they stole his brain just to make him a glorified HVAC unit? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's ba- like yeah. it's just they regulate have built that shit. And they even say that like. The functions of the facility that he's maintaining are analogous to the bodily functions that he would have to be maintaining anyway. Yeah. So there's no reason why any... Where does he poop? <laughs> That's the waste In disposal system. <laughs> uh, so, like, they, it seems to me that they could just hook up 
any old brain, even an animal brain, well, has to you, breathe. How do you keep a brain alive for 10,000 years? Science. Here's what I don't get. Science. You've got this society. They built this underground city. They built the fucking I know kung fu helmet. They built all this shit, but they couldn't build an HVAC regulatory system that didn't need an organic component to run it? Like, if they would even just said at some point, like, no, no, there's actually other better reasons we need a brain as well. But maybe once upon a time when the world was at its peak, everyone took their turn wearing the helmet of knowledge to regulate mm. the space and that that was a way to, like, make them a more peaceful community and, like, more in touch with each other. Until and... they start cerebral hemorrhaging. Yeah, well... I think you're putting way more thought in this episode than the writers did. I know! <laughs> someone has to! Do we? Uh, I, of, I like my reality that I just came up with. So it's a good reality. Yeah, it is. It's that. perfect. I like it. Speaking of efforts the writers put in, I, 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 I found some um, bits that were in the original script that were even dumber. Oh, man. So trust me, they fixed it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, for example, like the, the great teacher, the, big, the, the brain helmet, didn't exist in the original script, and McCoy just learned how to do the surgery by studying real hard. In 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was okay. fun. And also, the ending, the ending would have been silly and dumb, as if it weren't already silly and dumb. And McCoy, when he's talking about, oh, what if I, I put some nerve endings in backwards? He actually did get some nerve endings backwards, um, so that whenever Spock had to sneeze, he would laugh instead. And that would have been the end joke? The final joke? Oh, that would have been, like, at one of the end bits, I guess. Okay, I actually don't so, think that would have been too bad. I think that would have been funny. I've never seen Spock sneeze once. I don't know. Vulcans, Vulcans don't sneeze. And <laughs> also, well, maybe he gets a, a sickness from being on that planet. Would maybe. that have carried over into out. the next episode? Like, was was Doc going to go back in there just to it. fix that shit? Because that seems dangerous. No, Spock See, would, did... Spock would well, like, use his, his uh, mind control. His, yeah. his, he his would mind meld his own nerves to yes. fix that shit. That seems right. <laughs> I was a little annoyed that... During that scene when Spock's like, okay, you connect a thing and then I'll tell you if it's the right thing, that he got like three for three. Like, I was hoping, like, it would have just made sense if, like, he hooked up one thing wrong. Yeah. And then, like, it's like, okay, right elbow. And then. Nazi salute. And then. then, Uh oh. That's the wrong one. And then McCoy's, and then Spock's like, no, wrong one. And then he's like, okay, right shoulder. And Spock's like, Okay, yeah, that's working good. <laughs> just like I remember. Or, or even just, you know what, just for fuck. Cause the, f- fuck, just for fun. Just this for is already fun. a terrible episode. Like, maybe Scotty was standing way too close to him, and it's like, left knee, and he just kicks Scotty in the head. Because something, anything. Kicks his finger off. <laughs> maybe he fucking kicks him in the hair and fixes it so it doesn't look like shit You anymore. were so distracted by his hair. I couldn't even tell it was Scotty. Yeah. I literally kept asking you, is that Scotty? Why does he fucking look like that? Listen, and you're right. Upset. I think it's a, a, a cross between him having aged like three decades in a year and his hair being gray and put so back. Maybe, like, it's, maybe it's a Paul McCartney situation where James Dewan actually died between the second and third season. Dude, honestly, that I believe that to be viable. Yeah, I'm going with that. Can because I ask? yes, please. Oh, sorry. This is this is. Narrowing this track down. How necessary was Scotty in this episode? Not very. Not very. Not very. Not very. He did. He did one thing where he pretended to faint so that. No! Oh, that was so yes. Why? Yeah. Dumb. That dumb, made no sense. Dumb. <laughs> 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 great distraction. 
<laughs> it worked, I guess. Uh, well, they were dumb. Like the, the the fucking women were idiots. No, she but that was when the woman had put on the like right. uh, magic. Uh, right. That was when she was she, uh, she was threatening Kirk with a phaser set to kill. That's right. And, like, Scotty's like, all right, I gotta think fast. Gotta think fast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a unicorn distraction. What? <laughs> you know what Scotty better. was there for? Scotty was there to have the stupidest line when they were talking to the council. Mm. About their city. And I was like, the air is fresh and dark. It's like, and something, something. And Scott's like, there's light but no sun. And it's like, Scott, that's actually. <laughs> you traveled through space. That was not so... impressive. <laughs> We've had the light bulb since 18. <laughs> well, and also, wasn't. He was there when they decided to fight the guards, right? Yeah. Kirk's all, you know... Oh, that stupid thing. And what if we... What, what would the, you know, prescription be for that or something? And, or, like, what would the solution to the situation be? And then fighting. Yeah. And, like... FYI. I'm surprised that fighting didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> that, the stupid music did pop up a lot it this did. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah the other uh, thing that Scotty did was get called Spock on the surface when... Yeah. When Kirk was like, Spock, scan for life. I mean, Scott. Aw, he misses Spock. Did you notice that, um, who was in charge on the, on the, I think Sulu was in charge up on the, uh, He was. Enterprise, and he called the planet by the wrong name. I didn't notice that. Because it was supposed to be the planet, the sixth planet. Oh, yeah, he did. They're not on the seventh planet. I did notice that. And it's like, guys. I was like, wow, they couldn't even get it. Fix it. After we had a fucking ten minute scene for no reason to decide amongst these three planets. No, we didn't even talk about Pavel's PowerPoint at all. Oh, that fucking... What else did they say about, about it? He had a PowerPoint. It was just... Gr- because then they were, like, taking, like, a survey. Yeah. Sulu's like, well, it makes the most sense, Captain, to go to the second planet. And then, like, I fucking Kirk, like, getting mad at Chekhov that things didn't make sense. Like, it was his fault. Yeah, like, I'm just, like... I'm just giving the data, you Yankee fuck. Do not shoot the messenger. That was more cut. Ca- ca- in more- Soviet Russia, messengers shoot you. KGB. That was more Ooh, comrade, you, comrade question than yeah. Chekhov, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did, uh, yeah. This, they spent so much time on, like, what a useless part of the episode, having the three planets. Well, it's like I said, so much of this episode just felt like we I have... I mean, they, want, they wanted to, to, like, drive it home that this Ice, Lake, Ice Age planet shouldn't have life. Yeah. But that's so... Dumb. They could just be. They could have just arrived. Been like, okay, this is where the the trail from Ends, that ion yeah. ship leads, and it's on this ice planet. And they'd be like, well, that's weird. End of fucking story. I, like I said, I feel like a lot of this is just they had about twenty minutes worth of plot. They had to make it last fifty. Hmm. You know, the long like most of our episodes. Of the hall. <laughs> Hey, all of this is gold. And no, like, no t- this today is great. I, just in general, you know. And like the other thing that I fucking disliked about the PowerPoint and the resolution of that was that, you know, Kirk, they couldn't just been like, okay, we're going to send one team to planet three, one to four, one to five, or whatever yeah. the numbers were. Well, Kirk and, had to be the one who did it because yeah. it's Kirk. Yeah. But they didn't, it wasn't Balls. like they sent Spock down right away. They could have just sent a survey down, figured out which planet Spock was on, or his brain was on, and then... You Jake, know. Kirk is going to show that fucking M5 mm. by going on every away mission even more <laughs> now. That's true. <laughs> well, I can't beam to three planets at once, so we must pick one. Let's pick the least likely. 
God, yes, yeah, like I great, said not a great during episode. the intro, I am disappointed. I mean, it was not at all a good episode, but I was kind of disappointed by it. Because, again, like we said, it was, it was sold to me, to I think a lot of people, as the worst episode ever. Yeah. True. Compl- Apple is still worse. Bread and Circuses is still worse. Assignment mm. Earth. Bread and Circuses has, has the awesome prison scene, so it gets a couple of rungs up. Yeah, I don't. I didn't really hate Bread and the Circuses. The prison shower scene in Bread and Circuses. <laughs> um, okay, but the Apple, a private little war. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Shore Leave. I'm starting to think fondly of Shore Leave as time goes on, because I've seen so much other crap yeah. now. I was going to say, and I'm sure that we'll be feeling... F- Even Mary, we will probably look back on I, I mean, we're, tinted glasses I don't, after, this after, season. After Nya 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 Nya, I can't. I just fucking... We are very close to And the Children Shall Leave. We'll see, we'll see. That's true, because that's what... Lots two of children. From, two weeks from now. Mary yeah. 2. Mm. Electric Boogaloo. But worse. So, anything, uh, anything else on Spock's, Spock's brain? I'm done. I got nothing... All right. Well then, thank you very much for joining us for episode twenty-nine of A Star to Steer Her By. Woo. Next week, episode thirty, whoop, whoop. covering the Enterprise incident and the Paradise Syndrome. Enterprise Ooh. incident. I remember being okay. I feel like that's a decent yeah, one. Yeah. A I don't paradise. know what the fuck the Paradise Syndrome is. sounds like an STI either. or something. Mm. Didn't we already do an episode about Paradise? About STIs? Cut several. Yeah, this several side of Paradise, paradise. With, the, with the beam with down the some flowers. snakes to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, as always, do please find and like our Facebook page to start to steer her by. We are on Tumblr and Twitter as SSHB Podcast. Please, uh, you know, do subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have iTunes, give us a give us a rate and a review, please. Ooh. Has yes. anybody done that before? Uh, yes, we had one. Was it a good? Was one? it a good? It one? was. Yes, nice. it was. It was from a friend of the show. Cool. So. What's well, less impressive when you say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, was it just... There's a complete yeah, random internet well, user. The, no, the thing is that in the in the review, they admit they know us. So oh. there's no point in hiding it. Damn. Um, if you put a review for us on iTunes, don't, don't say, say that you know us. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Uh, I don't. Why do they? <laughs> Hit me, Chapel. Hit me. No, we really appreciate you if you do that. Oh. Regardless of if we know you or not. <laughs> For a star to steer her by, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. You know what um, movie I watched the other night? Uh, Starship Troopers, which I hadn't seen in oh, years. Oh, I like Starship Troopers. It's I watched that relatively recently, too. It's such a great movie. I've never seen it. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those, like, have you seen RoboCop or Total Recall? Oh my fucking Lord, Caitlin. We have to do a movie night where we like watch Paul Verhoeven movies. Okay. So, Paul Verhoeven is a director, filmmaker. He's, his most famous movies are Robocop, Total Recall. Total Recall. Total Recall's good. And Starship Troopers. He's got a couple others too. Those are the three I'm thinking of. But basically, his, his like MO is doing these big sci fi action set piece movies with. That are completely tongue in cheek, mm. and but like they, they 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 he does it so well that if you're not paying close attention or if you're not quite thinking a lot enough, you're like this is a really great action movie, yeah. and you miss all of the satire. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of people look at RoboCop, and like even the fucking studios, they made sequels to RoboCop that were just straight up action movies. Like they didn't get it; they didn't get what was so great about the first RoboCop movie that it was like this satire. I mean, let's be honest, the history of Hollywood is studios not getting it. This is true. But Starship Troopers is the same way. Right? It's it's very tongue-in-cheek, and I like to... Th- I, 
watching it the other night, I was like, this movie is the anti-Trek. Because it's about, like, this Earth-based organization called the Federation. And they basically go off into space and they find this race of bugs on out in space. And they're trying to, like, colonize planets, but they keep getting destroyed by the bugs because they're bug planets. It reminded me of the Gorn episode. Mm. So it's like it's just like all warmongering and everyone's rah rah rah. It's about these like high school kids that become soldiers in the in the fight against the bugs. And one and what made me think of it is your shirt, Caitlin, which has the, the Golden Girls dressed as Ghostbusters. Um, that is clever. There's a great fucking scene <clears throat> The fucking scene. There, the is, a, there, fucking there scene. is a great fucking scene in the movie. I'm in. There's also a great shower, co-ed shower scene. Oh, I'm definitely in. Um, but I saw that on, on a on network television, and I don't think they... I think they must have had a second version of it without nudity uh, or some shit. Yeah, because I don't see how you could That's, it, that, that's impossible to do that scene. Um, and butts. Um, I don't know. Comedy Central used to do it with stripes. That's true. They would show stripes all the time and just, like, blur it. Huh. Hmm. But, uh, but anyway, there's this early scene in the movie. So they're high school kids at the start of the movie. But, like, all of their teachers are, like... Because they're all, like, rah, 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 bug, bug, bug. They're, fight, like, rah, rah, rah. Rah, 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 fight the bugs. But they're all, like, horribly Beat maimed the because yeah. they're all veterans. So, like, the history teacher has, like, a missing arm. <laughs> and the, the science teacher ha- is, like, got, like, like, burns all over her face and has, like... Is blind and is wearing like glasses, and I'm listening to her voice and looking at her face, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Rue McClanahan as the science teacher." Huh? And she doesn't look anything like she does anywhere what else. It? What is it? Starship Starship Troopers? Troopers. I mean, she's it's really it's a cameo role, but I, I was just like so impressed. I'm like, "Wow, I did not expect you to show up in this movie." Yeah. Mm. And what I think the greatest irony if I'm remembering correctly, is that isn't Starship Troopers based off of either a novel or a short story that is unironically, like, actually rah-rah, let's go kill yeah, aliens? I think it's based off of a... Isn't it Heinlein or something? I think it's a Heinlein And most of his novels were just about, like, jer- like basically, like, Tom Clancy levels of jerking off to military tech, but let's make it the future and space. Right. Oh, God. In her Doc Ock glasses. Yeah. This is, it doesn't look anything like her, does it? Oh, wow. I no, mean, you can I, kind I wouldn't of tell necessarily have, I wouldn't knowing, necessarily have guessed. Like, that, I wouldn't have guessed, but having been told, I can see yeah. a little bit. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's sort of what Verhoeven does, too. Like, the other one of his other movies that he's well-known for is Total Recall, which is based off a, I think, a dick novel? Yeah, Philip K. Dick. dick novel. Is it? I, yeah. I haven't read all the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and, like... It's the same. Like it's the same reading, thing. Where like, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the original movie is like a serious, or the original book is like a serious, dick. like colonizing Mars. And I don't even know if Mars is in the book. Honestly, I have no idea. I haven't read I've the dick read book. It. But um, which book? The dick book. Uh-huh. Um, but in the movie, it's like this weird satire with Arnold Schwarzenegger dropping one-liners yeah. and like, yeah. ho- like ultra violence, like. I just I love it's. I mean, the thing is, and and you know, I might get crucified for this, but Uh if if it's anything like Blade Runner, it's better than the book. Mm. Like people like, oh, the the book's always better. No, no, Blade Runner is so much better than Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. I think I just think it's a different it's a different direction. Well, the thing is, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is is like very. Thinky. It's very intellectually. It's fucking... and, and like all the 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 really like 
future, like the different kind of futuristy stuff, like you know, the sheep specifically and stuff mm. like that, aren't really present in the movie. So you don't get that level. You they, get all the, the mention other it parts. in passing, certainly. But yeah. yeah. Well, the, the thing is, I like, love I, the sheep. I did. I blew through it in like a day years mm. ago, and I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was just. Having read that in, like, a collection of his short stories, after a while with Philip K. Dick, you're just kind of like, Phil, <laughs> we get it. Mm. None of us can be sure if our reality is real, right about something else. Mm. Although, interestingly, some of the stuff that was in like, the, the original novel mm. <laughs> that didn't make it into the film, some of the ideas did kind of work their way into the late 90s point-and-click Blade Runner adventure game. Interesting. Fun. Yeah. 